on December 13, 2022. As I was getting into my car after leaving the gym, I heard the Holy Spirit spoke and said, crash. I thought he was speaking of a car crash. So I started to pray against car accidents all over my family, myself, and the Lord stopped me. He said an economic crash. Over the next six years, accumulate as much wealth as possible. What will come after will be catastrophic. After hearing this from the Holy Spirit, I was led to call my husband, Chris, immediately and to tell him what I heard. And the Lord placed on his spirit, Joseph, in the dream. Joseph was not only a dreamer, but he was an interpreter of God's dreams. And he always made sure whatever prophetic dream that the Lord gave him or whatever prophetic dream the Lord allowed him to interpret, he gave God the glory. But also in that, he gave strategy. With this prophecy that the Lord has given me, I want us to discuss what is the Lord saying and how do we need to be prepared for what is to come? Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back. This is Conquer Me Podcast. This is, and I am Jennifer Jefferson. I was going to say, this is Jennifer Jefferson. I am Jennifer Jefferson, the voice behind this podcast. Here on this podcast, we talk about the, the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus. At the end of the day, as believers, everything needs to be centered around Christ. And this one is different for me because I do, um, God has taught me a while ago. When I say a while ago, I mean a long time ago that I am his uh, prophet. And when I say taught, I mean, God had to really teach me this according to his word and also according to a lot of confirmation and affirmations, because truthfully, in the beginning, I wasn't too um, secure about it. I, it was nerve. I was nervous to be a prophet, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was really nervous. And some of the things that the Lord was showing me was far beyond what I could imagine or think. But that's what happens. That is exactly what happens. But when God has called you to a specific role that edifies the body of Christ, that helps the church and also gives him the glory, there's a certain amount of requirements and there's a certain amount of discipline that God calls for each person and whatever they are called to do. And as someone who is a prophet, um, number one, my prayer is that I always remain in humility. And my prayer is also that God always allows me to move in his timing and his season. Even if you go back and you read Ezekiel in the book of Ezekiel, where we know he's a prophet, the Lord will give him a word, but the Lord would not allow him to release a word until it was his time. I want to say it's in Ezekiel two or three, where the Lord gave Ezekiel a word and um, no, I think it's in Ezekiel one, but either way, he gave the uh, Ezekiel a word 
And in it, Ezekiel talks about how he saw a scroll and the scroll, he had to eat the scroll and it was sweet to him. And as he continued, the Lord literally later on in the chapters, the Lord shut his mouth and he said, you cannot release this until because he's like, I don't want you to go out here and rebuking anybody before I have given you the time and the season. And God does does what he always does, which is prepare us. Just like how he prepared Ezekiel, he's preparing us. He let Ezekiel know, look, who I'm sending you to, they're hard-headed. They're wicked. They don't listen to me, so they definitely not going to listen to you, but I still need you to do what I've called you to do. And I'm saying this because in certain positions, when there are things that God will task you with that is uncomfortable, it is not about... It's not your job. How about this? It is not your job to make anyone receive it. It is our job to release what God has given us in his timing and season. And as we study the word of God more and more, this is where I learn and wisdom will teach you how to speak with grace and speak with salt. So even if all of these things of wisdom, because the Bible even tells us about uh, honey, using honey to catch things, right? So all these things, we can use these strategies of the word of God, but we still have to be okay when people do not receive. And I'm saying this because I really do feel in my heart, a lot of us will be in positions where we are getting caught up. We're like, well, they're not receiving. It's okay. What did Jesus say? Dust them off and keep going. And I'm paraphrasing, okay. So with this prophecy, the Lord gave this to me last year, December of last year. And the Lord is now allowing me to release this. I am actually recording this podcast much earlier than I will release it. So I usually do podcasts maybe about two or three at a time. And I do as the Lord tells me to do. But today I'm recording on, uh, and today is November 17th. So when it comes out, it will be some weeks later when it comes out. So I'm giving you all these dates so that you all understand how God moves. God does not do things when we think it will be done. There is a way where we can be so in tune with the Lord. Even if you don't have the office, the call or the title of a prophet, he can still speak to you. He can still speak to you through dreams, through his word, through songs, through even a a message, a preached message, a taught message, whatever it is. God can speak to you and give you warning and instruction of what is to come. It is good for us to know his promises But can we be so in tune with the Lord where we he can give us warning in our ears and our hearts are open to what God is saying? And we're not so quick to dismiss. Is it it is very, very easy to be cynical. I'm going to be straight up with you. A lot of times people are like, well, you know, that's just kind of smart to double check and whatever like that. There's a difference in walking in wisdom and being observant and walking in uh, in discernment versus being cynical. Cynical are the people who are always in doubt. People who never believe. There's always an issue, right? So I'm saying this because God is going to send warning, not just through people like myself, or myself, period. But God is going to send warning 
throughout so many avenues. And my prayer is that you open up your eyes and your ears. And my prayer is that you begin to take whatever I say and whatever anyone says, and you go to God in prayer and you ask the Lord, God, I heard this is this true? What are you saying to me? And then ask the Lord to verify it through his scripture. At the end of the day, there should be no prophecy that goes out into this doggone world and not be checked with the, with the Bible. We can't. And there's a lot of prophets and there's a lot of prophecies going out that is contradicting the word of God. So we need things to align up, but I'm asking you, whenever you hear something, you do your due diligence and then you go and have time with the Lord and you meditate and you pray on that. And then you do your study and you say, God, you open up my eyes and ears on what you have spoken to be true. Okay. So what I was talking about earlier in the beginning of this, the Lord gave, uh, spoke to me about an economic crash that will happen. And when the Lord spoke that, that was in December of 2022. And so now we're almost close to a year later, you know, this is 2023. And the Lord said in six years, there will be um, the six years accumulate as much wealth as possible because what is to come will be catastrophic. So the Lord has given us time to accumulate as much wealth as possible because what is to come will be catastrophic. And there are several scriptures that will support this, but the main one that I want to use um, as a reference point is Joseph. And I really do urge you all to really study Joseph. The story of Joseph, I believe, starts in um, chapter 37, Genesis 37, and it goes all the way to uh, chapter 50 of Genesis. And it's very, very interesting to see his life unfold. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because he was favored by his father. And he didn't, and his brothers were jealous of him. After he was sold into slavery, theologists are saying that he was in slavery for about 11 years. Can you imagine being bound and enslaved for 11 years for something you did not commit? But then he was, um, I'm sorry, he was sold into slavery and then he ended up going to Potiphar's house. And I believe that's, that's why I want to say the totality of it was around 11 years. So he was sold into slavery, but then yet he found favor in Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house, he become kind of like the, like the uh, head manager of everything. He was really trusted, really, really trusted by Potiphar. But Potiphar's wife was being a little mess. She wanted to come for Joseph. She wanted to have sex with Joseph. And Joseph was like, nah, you crazy. I'm not about to mess up this good thing. He said, look, Potiphar's been too good to me. I'm not about to mess this up. But she kept coming and coming. And when he was just like, no, I can't take it anymore. She lied on him. And this is when they threw him into jail. And I believe the word of God said he was in jail for about two years. And I'm saying this because I really really am uh, uh, urging you all to go back and read because I want you to read how he kept his character and how he kept his faith during this time. He did not curse God and die. He did not um, succumb to anything that was of sin. So let me put this little caveat in there. Just because you're going through does not mean you can cut up. Because the Bible tells us, and I want to say it's in Galatians, where it says that basically what you are going through, somebody else is going through the same. 
and I'm paraphrasing. I always want to make sure I'm paraphrasing because I don't want you all to Google this and like what scripture is that? <laughs> this is so a lot of times I'm paraphrasing. Okay. So, but it's, it helps us to understand. This is why I urge us to read the word of God so much and often because it's not only spiritual wisdom that's there, but it's also just good wisdom and it's practical advice and it's financial advice. That's one of the things next episode, we're going to go into some financial biblical principles that we can start putting into place today that would help us to accumulate as much wealth as possible so that we can be okay after the six years. After that time when God is saying, now the famine has to happen. But Joseph kept his character. He kept his faith. He did not lose himself even in trials and tribulations. And that is a testament of God's keeping power and also in a testament of us staying connected to him. When your faith is strong, it does not matter where you are. Your faith is your faith and your character is your character. Now, I don't want you to feel condemned if you had moments of weakness, if you have moments to where you didn't stand strong in what you believed. This is why it is so beautiful that we have such a loving and gracious father where he where we can go to him and ask him for forgiveness. And that's just what it is. You are forgiven. A lot of times we hold on to the guilt, but God is saying, no, I have released you of that. That's that's why we have accepted Jesus Christ, because he took on the guilt and the shame of our sins. So when we do sin, we say, oh, my Lord, Jesus, please forgive me, Father, in the name of Jesus It's done. It is done and it is so. So I want us to just make sure that we do not allow the enemy to make us feel bad when we do have moments of weakness. Right. But in that, we can say, Lord, I ask that you give me your wisdom so that you can strengthen me because you are such a gracious father where you are not allowing me to say to stay bound or oppressed. That is not the will of the Lord. And how gracious God is. He allows us to know what is to come before it comes. A prophetic word is supposed to give you insight of what is to come. And there are things where God is saying, I'm preparing you. So in this, I want to read Genesis 41, 25 through 36. And this is the NIV version. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one of the same dream. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up, came up afterwards after seven years are seven years. And so uh, are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are all seven years of famine. So what's happening here? Pharaoh had two dreams back to back in the night and he asked his wise people and the, and the magicians. And remember, Pharaoh is an Egyptian. So he asked Pharaoh and the magicians in his kingdom and also the wise men, and no one could interpret. So while Joseph was in prison, once again, falsely accused, he interpreted two dreams. One was, I believe, the it was like the cupbearer, and I believe the other one was a baker. But Joseph interpreted their dreams. And both of those dreams came to um, 
came to fruition. Both of those dreams were exactly how exactly Joseph interpreted exactly how it happened. And so the one that was restored, because one was killed and one was restored. The one that was restored, he remembered Joseph's name after two years. Joseph asked him when he got out, say, hey, can you put a little word in for me? Okay. But he forgot immediately, probably because he was just so happy to be out of jail. I don't know. But either way, <laughs> either way, he was restored. And so what happened when uh, Pharaoh was asking for these dreams and interpretation, the cupbearer said, I remember someone. And I want to put this in there. Sometimes we have to pray and say, God, put my name in the, in the hearts and the minds of those who are supposed to remember me. God blessed us to where it was an unexpected gift that happened um, maybe about a month ago, if that, where someone who forgot about us and we did th- we did what God called us to do. And then they remembered. And I remember just looking at my phone. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this blessing? So sometimes we want to be remembered right then and there. And I understand that mindset. I understand that heart desire. But in God's timing, nothing is wrong. But it's about staying faithful in a certain season, even if the season is what we don't like. I want us to remember that Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers who were jealous of him. That's how he ended up in this stuff. They were jealous and they were hateful and they were just did not like him. So they wanted to get rid of him. His father was broken because he thought he was dead. But Joseph remained faithful. So God's timing is perfect. So when people begin to remember your name again, give all glory to God. So this is how Joseph was called to Pharaoh. And look at the elevation. The elevation happened not because somebody just put a word in. The elevation happened because the Pharaoh was in need and Joseph was the only one who could solve it. Sometimes God will place us in front of people of of great status and great wealth and they will be in need. Proverbs uh, 3 and 4 says this, then you will win favor and a good name in in sight of God and man. Proverbs 18 and 6 says this, a gift opens the way and and ushers the giver into the presence of great. The word of God speaks to each other. The word of God confirms each other itself. Like every scripture, it will. Like you can find a scripture that makes sense with another scripture and another scripture and another scripture. So Joseph, so the timing of this, Pharaoh was in great need and Joseph was the only one who could do it. And so when the scripture says in Proverbs 18 and 16, and the, the King James version says, and your gifts will make room for you. Joseph's gifts of interpreting dreams made room for him and gave him fa- and gave him favor, not only in front of God, which is a major blessing, but God said, I'm going to have give you favor among men and amongst great men. Verse 28, going back to Genesis 41 and 28. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. 
Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will come, will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows, it will be so severe. Imagine that that you had years of great prosperity, years of abundance, years of just goodness, and what is to come, it literally wipes out the very memory of it. Not only did it wipe out the resources, it wiped out the memory of it. Now that is severe. So going back to what the Lord spoke to me last year, because after six years, the Lord said, gather as much wealth as possible, accumulate as much wealth as possible, and that word accumulate sticks out to me. Accumulate as much word as, as, as wealth as possible because what is to come will be catastrophic. Verse 32 says this. The reason the dream was given to the Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. And I want to say this to, to back up this scripture. Um, and it says this in... Trying to find the scripture where it says, okay, here we go. Second uh, Corinthians 13 and one. This will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. God allows things to be established when there is uh, more than one. And it does not mean that God will only give, that God will not establish something um, in, in only one time. But God is so gracious to where he understands his children. He understands his creation, that things have to be confirmed and things have to be spoken more than once. But I will put this out there too. We have to watch that mindset of always needing something to be confirmed in order to be God. Because I do feel like a lot of people have miss God in some things because they were waiting for confirmation. I really do feel that. I feel like some people, it was certain things where God was like, I just wanted you to move on the first thing, but you, we missed it because we were waiting for confirmation. But there is such a grace where God will allow for confirmation to happen. So there, there is a balance that I want to make sure that there's a balance because even with, and when he spoke to Abraham, he spoke to Abraham, he said, go and I will show you a land, right? Abraham moved off of the go. But a lot of times when it has to deal with the masses, God will allow for there to be multiple words that will confirm what has spoken. Okay. So I want to make that clear. What I have studied and observed through the scripture and what the wisdom of the Holy Spirit is giving. A lot of times the Lord may give you one time and he wants to see if you're going to move off of that one word. But his grace and mercy will allow for there to be multiple confirmations for you. But a lot of times when it comes to the masses, I want to make sure that I'm making this clear. That when we're talking about a prophetic work for the body of Christ or for the world, it will come in more than one form. Because what will happen is people will say, oh my gosh, I heard that here. Then I heard that there. Okay, Lord, I keep hearing this. Wait a minute, what's happening? He understands that we need to hear things re repeatedly. Repetitively, I mean. We have to hear that over and over and over. Repetition. 
He understands his children. Why? Because he made us. <laughs> he made his creation. So I want to put that in there um, so that we can have an understanding, a deeper understanding, not just only of what this prophecy is, but also what the prophetic word is. This is why I'm urging you all to go. Anytime you hear prophecy, if you are unsure, ask the Holy Spirit to confirm it through his word, through prayer, and also through maybe a trusted wise counsel. Ask the Lord to confirm that. There's nothing wrong with asking the Lord, okay? Um, so I want to go back to the passage of scripture in here in Genesis. And I hope that you all are really taking notes because this is something where God is really preparing us and he allows us to um, escape certain things when we are obedient, but sometimes because we don't have a listening ear, we miss it and we end up in trials and tribulations that we should have never been in. But the beauty and the glory of God is when the scripture tells us all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So even when we have missed things, he will still allow things to work out for our good because God is a restorer and he is a redeemer. So we have to remember that. But in that, when God gives a word of warning, take heed, take heed to it because we do not want to miss what God is saying. And this is what um, going back to verse 32. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. Verse 33 says, and now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man to put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land and listen to the strategy. Verse 33 goes into some strategy. And now let Pharaoh look for discerning and wise men and put him in charge of the land in Egypt. So now what is happening? Even though Pharaoh had the dream and he is the ruler, Joseph is telling him, look, you need to connect with the right people. So I'm telling you all and myself, we have to connect with the right people. Let it be books. Let it be online instructions, whatever it is. Discerning wise men to put in charge of the land of Egypt. So we have to make sure that we are listening to people who are in correct positions. And sometimes we have to put people in place in our lives to help us set us up for better. Okay. Verse 34 says, let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land and to take a fifth of the harvest of each, I'm sorry, the fifth of a harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. So if my math is correct, fifth is about 20%. So every time you have anything that comes in, 20% needs to go into savings. Let's just start there. 20%, let's just start off. After you have paid your tithes and offering. After you have paid your um, bills, well, actually, before you pay your bills, put that. And I'm saying this because the Lord has placed this on me and I've been doing this is every time something comes in, 20 percent goes into savings and then the bills are taken care of. And what is left over? I don't care if it's very minimum. Hey, as long as the bills are taken care of, food is in there. Everybody's good. So we may not be able to go out to the movies or go to some event that may cost us extra. I'm not tapping into that because why? Because the Lord said accumulate as much wealth as possible. No savings does not allow us or, uh, to be wealthy, but it is a great starting point. And from there, 
we you can go ahead and begin to strategize on how to actually build wealth. And I want to say this next 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 episode, Lord, I couldn't get that out. Next episode, <laughs> we're going to go into financial principles that are within the Bible. Yes, the Bible has. Let me tell you all this. I feel like I'm telling people this a lot, which is a blessing. But I think we have not tapped into the full potential of the word of God. And some of you all listening are like, yes, the Bible has plenty of financial tips. Yes, the Bible has not only financial tips, but I'm talking about strategies from investments. It's like everything. There's so much stuff in here from uh, relationships, business, um, even how we eat, all these other various things. All this stuff is in the Bible. It is. I remember this preacher saying this years ago when I was a teenager. He said the Bible is basic instruction before leaving the earth. That's it. And I'm like, if you look at the sum total of how we need to live, I promise you, if you seek it, you can find it in the word of God. And if you stick to it, your mind will be renewed and your life will change. So in this, about the fifth of the harvest, that's about 20%. So he said, during those years of abundance, so during your years of prosperity and abundance, you put that to the side. And I don't want you to wait until you feel like you're in the right place. No, start that now. Put that 20% to the side because the Lord said what is to come is going to be catastrophic. Remember, we read earlier when Joseph said what the, the famine will be so bad will be so bad that the years of prosperity won't even be remembered. Now that is some wild stuff. And this is what Joseph continued to say. They will collect in verse 35, they will collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in cities for food. This food will be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by famine. This is strategy. And I hope you all are hearing strategy. This is what Joseph is giving Pharaoh. The plan seemed good. Verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh, to all of his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? uh, One in whom is the spirit of God. So Pharaoh was already asking them, can we really find anybody that's on this level of Joseph? Now, mind you, he just got out of prison. And he wasn't getting out of prison because he was free. He was getting out of prison because someone remembered what they did, what they did. He did for them. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Joseph continues, continues, excuse me, in 41. So Joseph said to, uh, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring and put that on his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. So he dressed him in robe and fine linen and put gold chains around him and his neck. God will make room for you and place you in front of greatness. So just because you are going through, you can't lose your integrity. 
Just because you are going through does not mean that you cannot use your gifts and your talents. Because we know what the scripture says. That he will make room for you, your gifts. And that's in Proverbs 18. Proverbs 3 and 4 says, then you will win a favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. So I want to give you some hope. Even though you may not feel like you're in a moment of prosperity, I want you to know that it is coming. But when it comes, God, give me the wisdom. That is the prayer. God, give me the wisdom on how to manage it of what is to come. Truthfully, now, if anyone follows financial reports or economic, like I like listen to a lot of things that's happening in the world. It is the economy is up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Here in the States, we have been dealing with inflation for at least a good two, three years. At least. Inflation is out of control. So God is sending warning. So I want us to remember what we're seeing is not even nothing from what is to come. So, but there is a blessing in being so connected to God to where he gives us a chance to prepare so that we are not harmed or we don't go under by it. And we will discuss more because see, here's the thing. Whatever you accumulate it's not just for you to go out there and stunt and talk about all the things that you have and go crazy and blowing your money and getting all the things that you desire. There's nothing wrong with living in that, but there's wisdom. And this is why next episode, we're going to go into strategy, financial, biblical strategy. But I also want us to remember what is the purpose of your accumulation? Because as you continue to read the story of Joseph, Not only did Joseph give to the Egyptians who he was over, but he sold grain to those in the surrounding countries because the famine, it started. The famine after those good seven years, it started slowly. It said that the famine started in Egypt and then it began to spread amongst the land and into other countries. And as you continue to read within those chapters, it says that the famine was in the world. But God continued to give Joseph strategy every phase and every step of the way. This is why I say it is so I really do urge you all to go and read that. And my prayer is that you read it and you see his heart and you see his character and his pain. But then also you see the strategy that God has given him. Not just during prosperity, but God also gave him strategy during famine that he continues to grow and he, which he did, he continued to grow and grow Pharaoh's money during famine. But our job is to make sure that whenever we have increase, whenever we have prosperity, whenever God has spoken something to us, you say, God, I see this is blessing me. Thank you, Jesus. And I see that this will bless my family in my immediate circle. But God, how else can I bless others? How can I be there for other people who I may never know? A complete stranger. Show me how my wealth will help those in need. Hebrews 13 and 16 says this. And do not forget to do good 
and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. God is pleased when we do not forget to do good and share with others. He does not want us to have a stingy heart because truly to have a heart of giving is the heart of God. Because one of the greatest gifts, not one, the greatest gift that God has given us is Christ himself. For we know that the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Joseph did not lose his faith and his character. So even as you accumulate your wealth, do not lose your faith and your godly character because there is a purpose and there is a reason for why God is allowing you to listen to this right now and why God is allowing this to prick your heart and why God will allow you and give you strength and instructions on what to do to build your wealth. There's a reason for it all. All of it goes back to God, but it is your responsibility for you to find out what it is. God, how does this glorify you? How does this make your name great amongst unbelievers and believers? How, Lord? So I pray that this episode gave some more clarity regarding that prophetic word that the Lord gave me December of 2022. And I pray that this takes deeply root into your heart. And I really do hope that you come back tomorrow because I mean, not tomorrow, excuse me, but next week, because next week we will be able to go into some biblical financial strategies on how to accumulate wealth and what to do so that we can do the things of God and be the light of this world. I want us to understand that money is a ministry tool. It is not the ministry tool, but it is a tool. What a blessing it is when you're able to walk into a grocery store and you'll tell somebody, I'll pay for your groceries. And it does not harm you. It does not negatively impact your finances. What a blessing it is when we can tell someone, look, I can buy your home and then you can live here for the next six months rent-free. Wow. I need us to go beyond and think bigger of what the wealth is that God desires for us and how we can change this world. How we can change this world. Don't run from money. Don't run from being wealthy. And wealth, I'm not just talking about this. This is why I kept mentioning Joseph's faith and his character. Wealth is not just about accumulating the money. But if I have all this money, but my character is bad and my heart is bad, what is the purpose? I'm just a rich, evil person. We don't want that. We want to walk in the light of God and do the things that God has to do and have the means that he has called us to have so that we can bless others, so that we can help restore others. A lot of times we're talking to people, we're talking down to them or we're just randomly going up to them. How many people will be more receptive if somebody says, you know what, I'm gonna help you out and I'm gonna put you in a hotel room because maybe they're on the street and connect you with some right people. Free of charge, I ain't charging you nothing. But can I pray for you? Can I, can I tell you about Jesus? 
money is a ministry tool. It is not the tool, but it's one of them. We have to forget the negative things and ask God to remove the negative stigma that we have regarding money. Poverty is not supposed to be a part of us. Lack is not in us. If I am in Christ Jesus, tell me what does Christ lack? I am not saying that we will not go through seasons of it, but but for us to believe that is what we're supposed to be is a problem. I've has I have heard some of the most crazy things around money, either to the point where people have glorified money too much, or they made money seem like the devil, and they have misquoted that scripture talking about money is the root of all evil. That is not what the scripture says. The scripture says money is the root, the love of money. Excuse me, the love of money is the root of uh, uh, some types of evils, all kinds of evils. So it's certain types. It's not even all evil. Excuse me. It's some type of evil. It's not even all evil. So even the church, we keep misquoting this stuff and we have this weird uh, relationship with money. We either give it too much power or we ignore it. Even if you ignore it, you're still giving it too much power. At the end of the day, it is a tool, period. And we have to become very, very good at understanding this tool, how to grow this tool and how to utilize this tool for the glory of God. God is sending warning for us to accumulate as much as possible. Whatever you're going through, stand in hope knowing that it is going to get better. And in that, ask for his wisdom. Ask for his discipline. Ask for his discernment on who you should listen to, what books to read, all of these things. And God will guide you. I have faith and I'm standing in faith with all of us that he is guiding us. And he will continue to do that because why? That is his character and his love. I hope that you have received something on today. I love each and every one of you all. Continue to pray for me as I pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this word that you have given us. God, I thank you for this prophetic word that you have given and you have told me to release it in this season. And I pray that what I have said on today help, uh, helps to give people confirmation on what the word of God is and what the word that came through the prophetic word, but also the word through scripture, that it coincided as one-on-one. It is two that is walking together, God. And I ask that even we become more wise and discerning regarding prophetic words that we hear from wherever, wherever it comes from, whatever person, but that we walk in discernment and that we begin to ask you more clarity and understanding so that we can be your, your wise students and stewards here on this earth, Lord. And if anyone that is listening, they're like, well, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to be close to God to where I can see what is to come or hear his warning. God, I ask that you open up their hearts so they can receive you as their savior if they do not have you. And I hope that you repeat after me. Lord, come into my life. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for being my savior my friend, my healer, my deliverer, and my strategist. In the name of Jesus, if you have prayed that you are saved, only thing you have to do when it comes to salvation and believe it in your heart and confess it in your mouth, confess it with with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior and rose from the grave and you will be saved. Whenever you call on Jesus, he will answer. Hey, saints, friends, 
It's time for us to walk in wisdom and it's time for us to walk in strategy. I love you all and I will talk to you next week.